0: Hi, welcome to Oasis Online for Sunday, the 30th of January. And we're calling today, Compassion Sunday. at our in-person uh, service. And also, shortly, you're gonna be hearing from our special guest speaker, Luke Grattan, who is Head of Partnerships for Compassion UK. And I'm sure that you're gonna be inspired by the great work that Compassion do across the world. And uh, just before Christmas, our coffee house, Infusion Coffee House, started sponsoring a child through them uh, from Ethiopia. That's where we source our, our coffee beans from. And uh, we also want to invite you to consider maybe personally uh, sponsoring a child. So we're going to listen to Luke, what he's got to share today. And uh, if you want to find out more about the incredible work that the Compassion do, you can visit www. CompassionUK.org. I'd really encourage you to go and find out more about what they do and how they change lives. And maybe, as I've already mentioned, you could consider today whether you are prepared to sponsor a child and make an incredible difference to their lives too. So be blessed, be encouraged, and be inspired today as you hear from Luke.
1: Hi Oasis, it's so great to be able to be with you today, whether that's virtually like this um, or in person, I've also been at your in-person meetings as well, which has been, uh, it's a privilege, thank you to Adrian and to Andy and the team for inviting me and also being willing to explore and launch this incredible opportunity, this amazing partnership between Compassion and Oasis Church. I've been along to your Infusions Cafe and I know that already the young people in Infusions Cafe sponsor a child in in Ethiopia Um, but we're also going to be launching today a, a focus for you as a local church into the nation of Rwanda and I'll let you know a little bit more about how you can get involved with that in a short while. We're a child development organisation working with roughly 2.2 million children around the world working with 8,000 different churches in 25 different countries helping children to break out of the poverty cycle and the part that you can play is about you personally, you and your family or maybe your small group or with you and a few friends coming together to invest into the life of a child. So as an organization, we are Christ-centered. Everything we do is about the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, we help our children to explore what it might be to have a relationship with Jesus. Uh, we are church-based. Everything we do is through the local church and we are also child-focused. So. All that we do is about the development of the individual child to help them to have the best opportunity in life, to break out of the poverty cycle, to see themselves, their families, their community break out of the crippling restrictions of extreme poverty. So you will have an opportunity to get involved in this amazing mission in a little while. I want to open up the Word of God with you and please turn your Bible to Luke chapter 10 and verse 25 onwards. You may know the passage that I'm going to. It's the Good Samaritan passage. This morning I want to talk to you about what does it mean to be the good neighbor? The good neighbor. Recently, I've been watching this TV show um, on Amazon Prime. There are other sponsoring uh, streaming services out there. But I was watching this program on Amazon Prime called The Good Doctor. And it's just this wonderful program about this autistic man who becomes a surgeon. An incredible uh, journey. But it got me thinking, what is it to be the good neighbor? How do we, what does that look like? How do we explore that for ourselves? It says this in Luke chapter 10 from verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. If you remember Jesus, when he was asked what is the greatest commandment, he didn't give them just one. He actually gave them two. He said, Love the Lord your God. Um, And then he went on to say, And love your neighbor as yourself. It's almost as if in, in God's mind, it's they can't be separated you know if you love god you'll love your neighbor and so anyway uh, we'll come back to that in a moment it says you have answered correctly jesus replied do this and you will live but he wanted to justify himself so he asked jesus and who is my neighbor in reply jesus said a man was going down from jerusalem to jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers they stripped him of his clothes beat him and went away leaving him half dead a priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Then the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now, if you've been around church for a while, you've probably visited that passage many times before. But I just want to quickly pull out three different things that I think we maybe need to think about and is a challenge to us. Today. But firstly, as I said, you know, who is my neighbor? This whole concept, this whole concept of being a good neighbor is so close to the heart of God that I think it's really valuable for us to take the time to really dig into this and go, well, how do I do that then? How can I be a good neighbor? The first thing is this, and they're all beginning with the letter B. In fact, they all have two B's, which is excellent preaching three-point sermon here we go first one is this how are we going to be a good neighbor we need to think about beyond boundaries beyond boundaries when we think about our neighborhood what tends to come to mind well we tend to think about our physical neighbors you know our people who live next door to us or on our community or on our cul-de-sac or on our street Um, those tend to be the people that we would equate With this whole concept of neighborhood. But let's just take part take this passage apart a little bit. The Samaritan was not a neighbor to the Jewish man. He was not from the same area. In fact, he was from a different country. He he was traveling along this road, and, and it's this road that often the Jewish people would try and avoid. They would, in fact, go an even longer way around just to avoid even stepping foot into Samaria. And so here we have this Samaritan man. They were not from the same city. They were not from the same neighborhood. They weren't from the same region. And yet Jesus refers to this man as the neighbor of this Jewish man. You know, he uses it to say this is what neighbors should be like. So in God's mind, it's beyond boundaries. You know, we put up these uh, boundaries, don't we? I'm from an area in Derby called Chelliston. you know, so here's my neighborhood, Chelliston, but then just down the road, there's Shelton Lock, and then there's Alveston, and then there's Allenton, and, you know, but my neighborhood is, is Chelliston. But God sees totally beyond all of that. In fact, God sees neighborhood as global. He doesn't see it as a particular area. The writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse two, encourages us to show hospitality to strangers. The Greek word for hospitality, and I'm gonna read it to try and make sure I get it right, is philozenia, which in English, and I probably pronounced that totally wrong, which in English means love of strangers. So actually, our concept of neighborhood, we need to challenge, we need to think beyond boundaries, beyond geographical areas. We need to show love to strangers, to those who might seem a little bit different to ourselves, who maybe we even struggle to relate to a little bit because they're from a totally different culture or a totally different area of the world. But God sees a, a good neighbor as those who see beyond boundaries. The second thing is this. We need to be thinking and understanding. It. We need to get over beyond barriers, beyond barriers. So beyond boundaries. Beyond barriers, acting like a good neighbour can be easy when we're dealing with people who may be like us. You know, people who are in similar friendship groups, similar um, enjoyments, similar hobbies, similar restaurants that we like going to, I don't know, those who are like us it tends to be easier for us to show love to. But what about those who aren't like us? What about those who we might find it a little bit easier to connect with? You know, Jesus uh, uses this passage to show that actually this was a person who had very, very, um, very few similarities. They weren't familiar with them. Um, There wasn't necessarily even a fondness. When you think about the relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans, they they really didn't like each other. Like I said, Jewish people would often go a totally different route just to avoid stepping foot into Samaria. And so here we have this person who there is very few similarities. They are not familiar. They are not fond of each other. And yet love transcends all barriers all barriers beyond barriers when you think about jesus you know we, we were still sinners when he came to meet with us you know he totally crossed over all barriers when there was such a broken relationship between us he was like no i'm gonna come i'm gonna step over all the barriers and i'm gonna be a neighbor to you There are barriers that we need to get over and really it's down to us we need to be challenging our mindsets on this what are the things that get in our way of us loving people being a good neighbor to people what are those things that we need to uh, try and get over break those ideals down in our heads and and start to reform a kingdom mindset into what it means to love our strangers and love people who are different to us beyond barriers. As John says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I think one translation talks about and moved into our communities, moved into our neighborhoods. In fact, I think that's the passion translation. So as Jesus did, stepped down from heaven, came to earth, stepped over barriers, Maybe there's some that we could step over in order to be able to support our neighbors globally and around the world. It reminds me of a a little story, Uh, Al John from the Philippines. He was a a sponsored child and he wanted to give back. You know, he had found grace and favor on his life and he wanted to give back. And so actually he couldn't afford to sponsor Another child from another world, uh, another part of the world. But he started, he, cont- he said to Compassion, Hey, I'd love to write some letters. And so he took it upon himself to get over the barriers to him showing love and started to write letters to another sponsored child in Ethiopia. How amazing is that? One sponsored child writing encouragement to another sponsored child in another world. Could we be a little bit more like Al John? The last thing is this, and time is almost up. We need to think about beyond budgets. So, beyond barriers, beyond boundaries, beyond budgets. What am I saying about this? Caring for neighbors and for those in need is not always going to be convenient. It's not always going to be as we have planned out. You know, when you do your financial budgets, you, you make sure you. Think about okay how much is this going to cost how much is that going to cost everything is in columns and in in cells if you do it in excel and all that kind of stuff and it's all laid out and it all looks beautiful and a wonderful plan but we all know that life is just not like that you know we had the other month Kaz's car my wife is called Kaz I've got two boys Noah and Eli and uh, my wife's car just decided to have a few moments uh, an issue you know and then all of a sudden it's like oh well we didn't budget for that but it's just you, you, you need to make it you need to make it work and sometimes when we're thinking about loving on each other and looking after our neighbors opportunities arise that we haven't budgeted for we haven't thought about necessarily but we have a responsibility and a desire to meet those sometimes we have to plan for interruptions in our worlds you know it's beyond budgets I'm not sure when we think about this passage here in Luke 10, Luke 10 where the, the Samaritan thought oh yeah I'll put a few extra coins in my bag today just in case I bump into a Jewish person who'd been beaten up by robbers I don't think necessarily he'd have Plan for that. Now, he might have budgeted and planned and thought, you know, I'm going to have a contingency fund that I can use to help other people. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think that actually it was just he had the means, he had a need, and he just got on and met it. And I wonder what God might be calling you into. What need might He want you to meet? You know, what about our time, our touch, our treasure? How are we going to use that to see the kingdom of God established? Now, we can all act like a good Samaritan here to people in need. But sometimes we look around our world and we see so much need that we wonder, where do I start? Well, I'm here this morning to tell you that one way that you could start is you could start with a child. Start with a child. No, that is a great opportunity for you to invest into someone, to be able to get beyond your boundaries, beyond the barriers, beyond the budgets and go, you know what, I can start with a child and I'm going to look at investing into the life of a child. I I love it. There's just so many passages in the Bible when we see Jesus just having compassion, being moved to compassion. Matthew 9, 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were helpless. And this whole concept of compassion is just being moved, like there's a deep movement within our bowels that we just want to do something. We want to get involved in some way. I remember when I met my sponsored child, Boaz, over in Kenya, and I, I took across, obviously, a pack. I wanted to gift him some bits and pieces and and gave him this rucksack full of, full of things. And he um, opened it up and there was such joy in his face. But then there was all these other kids that obviously had come to see the, this white guy turning up in their community and uh, all of these other kids. And they saw that Boaz had been given this gift pack. and And Boaz looked at his gift pack and looked at all of these other children and then just immediately, without any question, just pulled out some sweets and started to hand them out. Again, in his mind, I I now have, they don't have, I can share what I have. Maybe today this is an opportunity for you to share some of what God has graced you with and blessed you with and look at investing in the life of a child. According to the World Bank, There are around 736 million people living in extreme poverty, and almost half of them are children. Because of COVID-19 and all that has been going on with the pandemic, they estimate there's around 97 million additional people who will now be living in extreme poverty. Sobering, isn't it? But you've got an opportunity today to invest into the life of one child. I'm gonna show you this short video and then I'm gonna come back and put a couple of screens up on, this, on on the TV, whatever you're watching, that will let you know how to get involved. Let's just watch this because the impact of your decision is like a ripple in a pond. It's, it can be incredibly impactful. Let's watch this. <music>
2: a given week we could go at least for three days without food. The friends that I played with in the neighborhood got captured and was being trained to become child soldiers. We would beg our parents just to buy one apple, but even the rotten ones we could not afford to buy. In a period of 18 months I lost my small brother Patrick, my mom, and I lost my stepdad because of the terrifying disease of HIV-AIDS. When my mother died, I was lost. I was looking for hope. for God to just show me that everything was going to be okay. Not knowing what tomorrow will look like, not knowing whether I would have a home, whether we would live to see the next day. why Aaron Mitchell decided to sponsor me, but when he did, my whole life changed.
3: A group of people from Compassion showed up at my church.
0: They said, you're gonna go to
2: school, and then somebody's going to write to you.
3: I don't have to worry about whether my parents would have enough money to keep me going to school. Even if I get sick, someone
2: was there to take care of me. I felt safe, I felt wanted. My sponsor is Edwin Bunny. Maria and Han Aaron, me too. Five women from a Lutheran Church that were sponsoring me. I am now a physical therapist and I'm working in a hospital. Clinical social worker. I was the first child in my family to go to high school, to go to
3: college. I have a bachelor and a master in, en- in biomedical engineering. a Second master in engineering management and a uh, guy called me into ministry, so I had to go and
2: get a third master. I have a ministry called Youth Arise Africa. That works with boys who don't have father figures.
3: We opened a small school. It's now providing the same opportunity that Compassion provided to me, so that they too can break out of the cycle of poverty.
2: <music> Whatever you do for the least of these, you do for
3: me. You
0: do for me.
2: You did for me. You did it for me. A sponsor a child today to break the cycle of poverty in a child's life like my sponsor did for me.
1: It's powerful, isn't it? The journey that someone can go on when someone takes the opportunity and says, you know what, I'm gonna be a good neighbor and I'm gonna invest into you and help you on your journey so here's a couple of screens really simple today there's three different ways that you could get involved in investing in the life of a child Um, you can uh, scan hold your camera up to the tv screen and there's a qr code on there and if you know how to do qr codes i think throughout the pandemic we've probably got a little bit more aware of qr codes and how they work there's a qr code there and there'll be children available that you could choose to uh, view the details of and prayerfully consider whether you'd like to sponsor there's also a web address maybe you could go to the web address if you're struggling with the qr code and also there's a text ability if you text sponsor and then i think it's oasis cc um, to that number then we will send you a link as well where you can um, see the children that are available to be invested in today and maybe you could uh, choose to sponsor a child, which would be an incredible thing to do today. Uh, just want to say again, thank you so much for having me with you. I hope that's challenged you, and I hope that you this week will go out of your way and may have a bit of a challenge uh, to look at how you invest into your neighbours and be a good neighbours to those who are locally, but also those globally. Let me pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it's a lamp unto our feet and directs our paths and Lord, thank you that it does challenge us because we want to become better citizens of the Kingdom of Heaven. And so Lord, I pray that today you'd have spoken to us, challenged us, helped us to become um, the men and women of God that you desire us to be. Um, Thank you Lord for your word and bless everyone who's watching this today. Have a great week. Thank you.